0: hi this is paul lazarus in the 1980s i produced and hosted a radio series called anything goes a celebration of the american musical theater now the broadway podcast network is bringing back these shows this is the third and final episode of a three-part program featuring noted composer alan menken this program originally aired in 1982, before Mencken won eight Oscars for his music and films like The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, and Enchanted. Back in the 80s, we spoke primarily about two of Alan's theater shows, God Bless You, Mr. Rosewater, and Little Shop of Horrors. I want to talk a
1: little bit about Real Life Funnies, uh, which was a show you also wrote with Howard. Howard, as you said, came in a little well, late on.
2: Funnies, was, the funnies, I had started out, I wrote music and lyrics to that. And I had um, been working in there for a while, as a matter of fact, with um, a couple of uh, people uh, in an earlier incarnation.
1: This is based on the Stan Mack uh, strip in The Village Voice, right? Yeah. Which is a very odd idea for uh, a musical, really, in a way. I, I don't know, It's. Uh, I'm sure it was a challenge. I'm drawn to odd ideas, I think. <laughs> <laughs> a plant that sings, a yeah. Kurt Vonnegut novel, yeah, I, I, I'd have to agree with that. The. Uh, this, this was, didn't come easy, and I, I remember talking to you at the time. It was it was kind of rushed, as I remember. And
2: Well, yeah, it, a lot of things... It was unexpected. I, I ended up doing two things at once, two productions at once, and um, uh, it's not what I intended to do. I was, I was um, approached by Manhattan Theatre Club about doing... Did I have anything? And I said, well, I had some songs from this project I was working on, and I played them the songs, and they said, well, you have a slot. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, let's talk about it. In the meantime, I um, battled the giants, the show I was doing with Michael Bennett, uh, Michael was producing. Um, and we have been meeting off and on with various directors. Finally settled on a director and went into production like a month before uh, Funnies. So there was two things at once. It was a difficult period. Mm-hmm. Everything was a little bit rushed.
1: The um, critics, unfortunately, did not react very favorably to real-life Funnies. Um, mm-hmm. Some liked it. it was mixed. Mixed. The... If you had a, had that to go over again, if you had a little more time, is there anything you would have done differently? The, the, the style of songs were were woven through the sketches. I mean, Stan Mack's column is supposedly lines overheard verbatim from real life, and he just puts them down exactly as he hears them. And you found a, a way to sort of weave these little vignettes in throughout the songs. Would you have done? Would you do it again that way? If you would had I do to do it again, period. would you do it again?
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh... I had felt that we had pulled a rabbit out of a hat. I really thought we had we had, we had accomplished fixing the show, and uh, audiences were enjoying it. Um, there are some numbers I would change, uh, here and there. Basically, I think I would do it very much the way we did mm-hmm. it. I I felt pretty good about it. I, I thought that it did work, and I think a lot of people agreed about that.
1: It was a lot of fun in the theater. I mean, I enjoyed it. Uh, the this we have a luckily I got you down to my. House yesterday <laughs> to uh quickly put down a few of the songs uh from the show because it, there' really no recordings of it existed. These are uh early versions of the lyrics right. aren't they yeah
2: I sat down with with the lead sheet and I was singing through the the um the title real life is the title song and I realized that in fact they were the wrong lyrics and and um so, let um, me say, there was, there's a couple places where the lyrics had been changed. Right. And, and also, there's a counter-melody. The second melody that comes in on that number is actually a counter-melody, and since I can't sing with myself.
1: At least uh, on my uh, home recording system, yeah. Uh, this this is three songs from Real Life Funnies. The title song, a song uh, called People Collecting Things, about the those, the collector and all of us. And, uh, and then, finally, Amen, uh, a song I really like from the score a lot. And I do have to... Uh, disclaim this slightly. If you are offended by frank and honest language, you may want to uh, tune away for a few minutes and and rejoin us. Three songs from Real Life Funnies performed at the piano by my guest today on Anything Goes, Alan Menken.
3: Some people dumb, people go and come. People show, people know, people come and go. People game, people tame, people people never even came, People, all of them are you and me too tall people small people want it all people moon people prune people need it soon people pot people hot people we've already got people all of this is true all of this is you real life on ease verbatim and intact real life on ease. it's a fact rule people drool people little preschool people pill people spill people, people over the hill people climb people. Prime people going all the time people all of this is us minus or plus cat people fat people keep it in your hat people pop people up people penny in the cup people bird people word people haven't you heard people all of us are them and everyone a gem everywhere you look it's there you stop and stare and little do you know you're part of the show don't prepare don't say a prayer, don't change a hair. Whoever you are, you're the star of real life. forbade verbatim, man intact. Real life onies, it's your act. Married people,
4: carried people, overworked and harried people, horny people, porny people, corny and forlorny people, single
3: people, jingle people, mix and match and mingle people, 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 people everywhere you look it's there you stop and stare and little do you know you're the star of real life funnies verbatim and intact real life funnies Collecting people, collecting things, people collecting things, collecting dust, collecting people who collect because they must. Graf Zeppelin postage stamp, memento of the little tramp, Louis Cannes art deco lamp, do you realize what you bought? Buffalo nickels slightly bent A manuscript that Schnabel lent I wonder where that prelude went it Was probably his last thought People collecting things Collecting people Collecting things People collecting things Collecting rust And the people and the Collecting dust Ted Klazowski baseball card A piece of curtain slightly charred Another ornament for the yard This time the dwarf is blue Spiders in a satin box Brand new prehistoric rocks One of Millard Fillmore's socks If I only could find the shoe People collecting things, collecting things called people. Things collecting people, collecting things, collecting dust because that's what collecting brings. Fossils of some ancient ape, known to us as Homo Sape, and off-off-Broadway pirate tape. People collecting things, collecting things, collecting things, collecting people. He said, You gotta be what you want if you wanna be with me. I said, Being with you is exactly what I want to be. He said, wanting to be with me is losing your identity. Amen, amen. So I decided to try again. He said, you need my respect and independence might accomplish that. I said, I'll pack and leave today. I'm really glad we had this chat. He said, you're trying to injure me. No, honey, that's not where it's at. Amen, amen. Can you believe what happened then? We made love. We made love. We made love. Amen. Had a smoke and we talked and we talked and talked and fucked things up again. Again. He said, I want you to stay with me, but let me have my time alone. He said, you're really the most confusing person that I've ever known. He said, the fact that you're confused is why you can't live on your own. He said, you gotta be what I want you to be and then you'll grow into the girl you really are underneath the one we know. I said, this has been fascinating. Thanks a lot. I think I'll go. Amen. Amen. Bet you can't guess what happened then. again and he said don't ever go and i left man.
1: three songs from real life funnies music and lyrics by alan Mencken. Boy, I, well, you, know, you can only look back, but they, they sound awfully good to me. Thanks. They really do. I like that song a lot. Pam Blair did that originally?
2: Pam Blair did it in the show, and Janie Cell did People Collecting Things, and the whole cast did Real Life Funnies.
1: Yeah, I think that, that song might have significance for many of my listeners who are out there uh, <laughs> who collect a lot of off-Broadway pirate tapes.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, Another show, well, as you said, we were writing at the same time, really, is this was, uh, well, the working title was Battle of the Giants, and I guess Stephen Brown, who, who wrote the lyric and lyrics in the book, called it Atina.
2: Well, the, yeah, the actual title's Atina, Evil Queen of the Galaxy, and we um, played it for Michael Bennett.
1: He did it at his uh, workshop space? Yeah, we
2: did it at the, I think we were the first show to use that space on, yeah.
1: That, that was quite boy. a quite a crew involved in that show. Tom Horgan as director. Tom
2: Horgan directed... Uh, Robin Wagner produced along with, of course, um, Michael Bennett and Bob Avian. Uh, and, um, geez, who well, so else was Bill Stabil? Bill Stabil, Stabil and yeah. Randy Barstello and uh, the cast. Oh, if I st- should I start mentioning well, members of I, the cast? Was well, so
1: Elena Reed and who else?
2: Camille. You know, it's funny, she was just Camille in those days. I, I never really learned her last name. Camille Savo-
1: Saviola. Saviola. Who is now in nine. and, and
2: Wonderful in nine. Yeah. Wonderful whatever she does, and Elena Reed, and Steve Bogardus, and Ron Taylor, and, and I'm going to forget people, I'm sure, and uh, Judith Cohn. Uh,
1: wow, yeah, that's quite a workshop. Carl Hall,
2: just tremendous people.
1: You, you seem to be attracted to projects that, that allow you to indulge the, the, rock, the rock side of your uh, musical oh, sure. spectrum. Oh, I love that. Yeah, you, you really, um, because this is bordering on a kind of new wave sound in mm-hmm. a way, to, to just describe, because this is a little difficult to get on the, the first hearing, just describe what the show is about, Al.
2: The simplest way to describe it is it's a um, sort of a trashy send-up of Flash Gordon mm-hmm. and uh, with Ming the Merciless as Atina, evil queen of the galaxy, whose mm-hmm. mission is to have everyone uglier than she is. Um, and.
1: Uh, but destroyed or something like that? Or?
2: Oh, just destroyed or subjugated. It's, <laughs> um, and... Uh, what else can I say without getting into the details? The characters are just the names of Atina, evil queen of the galaxy, this princess nerd queen. Can I say it? <laughs> queen kind of lingo. Yeah. Um, And uh, we had it was Flash Crab and Buster Gordon were the two astronauts uh-huh. were sent out.
1: So it's almost really a send-up of those old serials. Oh yeah. Uh huh. This is the the title song. Um, lyrics by Stephen Brown. Music by.
2: I should explain. Alan Menken. Yeah, the title of the workshop was Battle of the Giants, and the reason was I think when Michael heard the song Battle of the Giants, which was actually originally towards the end of the show, he said that's really the song that defines what the whole evening's about.
1: Right, so it became the... Uh,
2: so it became the working title of the workshop. And I
1: guess the opening number.
0: You are listening to Anything Goes with composer Alan Menken. This
1: is Alan Menken at the piano performing Battle of the Giants.
3: balcony, taking in our weekly thrills, action packed adventure serials, once upon a time on Saturday mornings, riding on the range with Hopalong, shooting for the stars with Flash, ganging up on Ming the Merciless, ending every week with to-be-continued battle of the Giants, chapter one. Fighting on the top of speeding trains, fighting on the edge of mountain cliffs, fighting in a blazing rocket ship. Battle of the Giants, chapter one. Battle of the Giants, chapter one. Battle of the Giants, chapter one. Battle of the Giants, Giants, yeah! Sitting on the edge of movie seats, cheering for the guy in white, getting high on just the fantasy. Plus a double feature over a quarter, riding on the range with hop Along shooting for the stars with Flash, ganging up on Ming the Merciless, ending every week with To Be Continued: Battle of the Giants, Chapter. On the top of speeding trains Fighting on the edge of mountain cliffs Fighting in a blazing rocket ship Battle of the Giants, chapter one Battle of the Giants, chapter one Battle of the Giants, chapter one Battle of the Giants, yeah! Saturday Matinee Saturday Matinee Long ago Saturday Thrills, Saturday. Feel it still, Saturday. Desperate fights, Saturday. Rocket flights, Saturday. Magic Cape, Saturday. Great escapes, Matinee. Saturday. Saturday, Saturday. Sitting in the movie balcony and taking in our weekly thrills. ACTIVE effect adventure serials. Once upon a time on Saturday mornings Riding on the range with half a long Shooting for the stars with flash Ganging up on being the merciless Ending every week with to be you
1: Battle of the Giants My guest today on Anything Goes Alan Menken at the piano Alan, as always, running out of time But I do want to uh, talk a little bit about uh, One of your more recent efforts Which was with uh, David Rogers, uh, and this is a.
2: And June a, Walker Rogers.
1: And June Walker Rogers doing the book, David doing the lyrics. Uh, this is a contemporized version of Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream set in New Orleans
2: mm-hmm. during the Mardi Gras.
1: right and called The Dream of Royal Street. Dream on Royal Street. Dream on Royal Street, excuse me. And you just went down to uh, Texas to do it? Yeah. How did it work out?
2: Well, it was a wonderful experience. Uh, I'd never been to Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> There I was in the middle of Texas doing this show. Uh, they they audition um, mm-hmm. talented students from across the country and bring them in. It's a summer program, uh-huh. and you spend uh, basically ten days and you mount the show in ten days with full um, you know full costume and totally production total, total production. Uh-huh. And then you take another week, rewrite it, and remount it.
1: What is this called? The the what institute? The Northwood Institute. The Northwood Institute. And, uh, and its purpose is strictly to foster new musical theater works?
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it also gives their you know the, the um, students who come a chance to work on something and go through the, that, that process.
1: Hmm. This is uh, I, I, one of the songs. You played me a bunch of songs uh, from this score, and unfortunately we only have time really to feature one. But uh, I was quite taken with the... Uh, your finding of this title and and the setting of "Not So Near," which I guess is it must be Hermia and Lysander mm-hmm. uh, when they're lost in the woods and he 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 uh, you know he sees this opportunity to get close to her and she keeps right. him off and and, the, and very much like the original Shakespeare, I thought it was an, it was an interesting idea to express in a song. And so this is uh, lyric by David Rogers, music by Alan Menken, and, and perform by Al Mencken, a song from the dream on Royal Street entitled Not So Near. If you Not So Near, from the score to the dream on Royal Street, music by Alan Menken, lyrics by David Rogers, and that song performed by Alan, who's here with me today in the studio. Alan, the making of the, the record to Little Shop of Horrors uh, interests me because it's, it's not done in, in your, I guess, I guess, the cliche way of making a cast album is to bring in the cast with the, the band or mm-hmm. the orchestra and have them record simultaneously.
2: Wham-bam. And
1: one day and you're out. Um, yeah. And this this record, obviously, uh, more care was taken uh, than that in terms of the, the actual sound. And also pop uh, recording techniques were employed. you want to just describe uh, how, how you set this down?
2: Well, I th- we aimed really to take two Mondays, two consecutive Mondays, and bring the whole cast and the band in and do the score on those two Mondays. And then in, in the days following, the, that Monday in each week, to... Uh, repair uh to add extra tracks um, you did
1: add something to the uh, band too for the record we added guitar right
2: and we you know, we played with uh some synthesized effects and an new instrument called the emulator and uh hammond organ and uh, we did some double tracking of vocals, just you know to give it a a, a fuller sound
1: did the singers uh sing? As the band laid it down, or did they did the band lay down their tracks and then the singers came in?
2: There was, uh, I think, only a couple instances where we did, where the band um, actually laid down tracks separately from the um, from the singers. Everything else was done singers and band, and then repairs are made.
1: Uh-huh. How did they get that? Uh, what sounds like an immense amount of separation between the voices and the instruments? A lot of times, the instruments bleed into the the mics of the singers.
2: Oh well, it's, it's huge. We did it in. Um, a uh, and R A one which is a huge studio. Mm-hmm. So the band is all the way on one side and the singers are isolated in booths. It's oh, I see. So they
1: so did use isolation booths. Oh, I of think. course. Because, uh-huh. well, sometimes I've seen, um, I've watched uh, Tom Shepard at RCA. The singers are literally in the same space. I mean, there's not, they're not separated That's out. That's
2: usually with a large orchestra. This is only really four pieces. Right. Okay, and well, many let's... of them electronic, so they go direct instead of you know, into the room.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the album, uh, which we're going to, End up with today. This is a song called "Suddenly Seymour," uh, which most of the company takes part in. Is is this the moment where, uh, for you, where Audrey, the um, part played by Ellen Green, discovers she's in love with uh, with Seymour? Yes. Okay. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I think that's enough setup. "Suddenly Seymour" from Little Shop of Horrors.
5: Lift up your head. Wash off your mascara. Here, take my Kleenex, wipe that lipstick away. Show me your face, clean as the morning. I know things were bad, but now they're okay. Suddenly, Seymour, you're standing beside you. You don't need no makeup. Provide you, sweet understanding. Seymour's your nobody
4: ever treated me kindly. Daddy left Dolly, Mama was.
5: Still forever, tell me the bad times are clean washed away.
1: just have enough time to, to go out with this uh, warning on the cast album.
2: Don't feed the planet. <laughs> right,
1: Alan, thanks for coming down. Thank really you, Paul. I appreciate it. And this is uh, the final moment in Little Shop of Horrors which is currently running at the Orpheum Theater and if you're in for a good time, get, get your bod down to see it. Uh, and this is uh, the, the final message of warning. Don't feed the plants, the entire company. is Little Shop
5: Subsequent to the events you have just witnessed, similar events in cities across America, events which bore
4: from
0: Alan Menken, Part Three: The Conclusion of a Three-Part Series. Anything Goes: Backstage with Broadway's Best is produced and hosted by Paul Lazarus. For more information, visit anythinggoespl.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and follow us. Thanks for listening. <laughs>